the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Hey, all right, here's the deal. It's good to be back with Very Bold Radio and Podcast. We've been doing a lot with the Peanut Butter Bowl, which has been incredible. We collected over 14,000 jars. We're probably close to 15,000 now. It's been amazing. But I'm also excited to be back and have interviews with incredible difference makers. And I've got one, a great one here today, uh, talking to me from Nashville, Tennessee, Abby Grimaldi. Welcome to Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Steve Teal, what's up? <laughs> I love it. Abby Grimaldi, let me tell uh, our viewers and our listeners on the radio show and podcast just a little bit about you. And then uh, I just, yeah, I want to catch up. I want to hear. Here's the deal. She's an up-and-comer, songwriter, singer, YouTuber, writer, all those things. She has this gift, and her platform is called Born to Shine. And if you know Abby Grimaldi, that's what she does. She just has this joy that just bubbles over, uh, just comes through all of her and who she is. And we just love her. So um, I want to make sure, if you don't know about Abby Grimaldi, you get to know her now before her name is really, really well known. It's already growing with the different things that she does. But I love kind of catching before, like, God just kind of blows it wide open. And that's what he's going to do for Abby Grimaldi. So we get to be a part of it. And I really love that. So, Abby Grimaldi, how are you doing today? What is going on in Nashville, Tennessee? I'm great. Just finished up at the gym. Nothing crazy. <laughs> <laughs> how was your workout? We got to know that. It was awesome. Yeah. My routine is I run four to six miles every other day, and in between I do kickboxing workouts. So today was a kickboxing day. <laughs> you you run four to six miles a day? What? Yeah. Energy to spare, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always done that? I don't remember. When you were here in San Antonio, were you always doing this madness? You know, I got really sick one year. We think it was mono. So I, re- I remember that. A couple of years ago, <laughs> I wasn't running that much. But in the past, I've been a Zumba teacher and like a dance, fitness, cycling teacher. So, yeah, yeah. I like to work out. I'm kind of a cardio queen. Cardio queen. I love that. I love that. All right. Well, why don't you tell uh, people that may not know um, how we're connected? Why don't you tell people a little bit about the background of how that madness, that awesomeness happened? Let's see. <laughs> this goes back to um, 2017, I want to say. My husband, Rocco Grimaldi, plays pro hockey. He currently plays for the National Predators, but at the time, he was with the Colorado Avalanche system. Yeah. And he was playing in the Miners League in San Antonio, Texas, for the San Antonio Rampage. And I think the story goes that you were 
at Deacon Radio and you were trying to um, get an interview with him. Yeah. Right? But it it took like several months of emailing before it actually happened. That's true. And then somewhere around like February or something. Yeah. You did an interview with him and never looked back. And now you're our Texas dad. And my new nickname for you is our personal pastor. Um, (laughs) So I'm no longer Texas dad. The appeal is that he's a father to all. He's also a pastor to all. And what I love about our um, family friendship relationship is that I feel like when you came into our lives, it was like you were all in. Like you were at every single game, and we got to know your wife, and we got to know your kids. And there was very few games that you missed that season. And then we didn't even think we'd be coming back for another season, but we did. We were praying you would not come back. An entire season together again. Yeah. And that's when you got sick and just floored by probably mono apparently probably yeah because it's like a 40 day thing but yeah i'm all good now <laughs> yeah well that's good all right so um you know you were you were down here supporting you were newlyweds basically supporting your husband <clears throat> making this dream go and uh, i remember that you know that season rocco was having a great great year and when I met you, I was like, man, this is awesome and everything. And you had this look like you were smiling, but it looked like your heart wasn't smiling <laughs> because I think yeah. you knew that Rocco belonged in the NHL, which is where he is now. Um, but, of course, that's a long sometimes, depending you know, how God opens the doors or how people close the doors on you, <laughs> maybe don't want you to succeed. Uh, can be a long process. And so I know that was a hard time for you. And yet I still saw that joy that I'm talking about in you and probably, I, th- I want to say, kind of the hardest time of your life. Yeah, for sure. I think that's what I will always be so close to is that you were, I mean, there's no other way to describe it than like you were like our honors angel. <laughs> so we really <laughs> needed you. And it was it was very hard for me to go to these games and to stay positive when on the inside I just wanted to curl up and be like, no. <laughs> right. But, you know, you'd sit next to us at games and, I mean, you guys, Steve would even take notes on his phone and be like, period three, <laughs> eight-minute mark. Rocco made amazing pass that led to scoring chance. And, um, yeah, you were just a really important piece of our life. But, I mean, that being said, yeah, he's in the NHL now and it's really, really um more pleasant to look back on those hard times and just feel <laughs> right. grateful for you know how far you've come. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. Now I want, I do want to talk about uh, your many gifts and talents and I know, I mean, you are an incredible singer. I feel like when you've talked to me off air about your singing, I feel like you're playing it down a little. I know I don't really know much about music except for when it's really great. And I feel like your voice is incredible. So when you say, uh, you know, it's not like a voice that would knock you off your feet or something, I tend to disagree, but you talk to us about your songwriting, how it's going. You're in Nashville. Talk about your singing. What are you seeing God is uh, maybe up to there? Yeah. um, I guess right now I'm just in a phase of like really intense practice and just kind of developing my craft. Um, Last season when we were in Nashville, we were in hotels for about five months of it. And so I didn't have like my instruments here and stuff. And um, all I could really do was, like, practice my vocals every day. But wow. then the rest of the season, I did have a keyboard. And I don't know what came over me, but this summer, I just, it was, like, my songwriting was on fire, like, every day. I would write, like, 
an absolute anthem or just like the best song of my life wow. kind of thing. And then the next day I'd go to the piano and I'd do it again and it would be better. Wow. Um, and so that's been really sweet because I've definitely gone through seasons specifically like when you came into our lives and we were kind of in a rock bottom point. It's really difficult to write music in those seasons. Right. I guess it depends on the person, but for me it was hard. But yeah, um, yeah this season of life was really sweet and I don't really work just because of, you know, how many times we've moved and just the inconsistency of like, my schedule and availability and stuff. And so this summer, I just had a few piano and voice students, which is something I'm really passionate about doing. And then on top of that, I would just go over to my parents' house from about 12 to 6 p.m. Yeah. And I would just work on the different facets of, like, my musicianship. So maybe for an hour, I'd be teaching lessons, and then I would transition into, like, some vocals time. And so I'd work on my vocals for an hour. And then some days, it was really just a songwriting day, and I would just keep pushing. And so I'd write for, like, four to five hours and... I mean, some days, you know, the the song would come on hour five. <laughs> it was like, right. thank God I didn't quit. And then I've also been practicing guitar a lot. So I'm hoping to make that a stronger secondary instrument for me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that I'm more passionate than ever about music, and I'm more motivated than I've ever been to um, really pursue songwriting as a craft, like something that I want to um, take mastery over and become more of a professional at, if that makes sense, than just someone who does songwriting as a hobby. So that's where I've been at lately with music. Right. Well, let's talk about some of those songs because um, I've got to hear like just a little sneak preview and I love them. Um, talk to us about one song and where it came from and tell us about it. Yeah, man. Hard, hard like choices. In particular from this summer. You can, I I, I'm, I'm just starting with one. So, I mean, we can talk about several. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm so excited. I will um, I'll tell you about this one. I wrote a song called Home This Summer. And yeah. if there's something that I haven't really had since I got married, it's a home. Yeah. We've, like, yet to buy a mattress, yet to use most of our wedding gifts. Um, even when we do live in an apartment, it's either, like, a pre-furnished unit very temporarily or it's one where we get, like, rental furniture. And you're like, well, this couch sucks, but we're we'll together. <laughs> um, right. And it's just kind of been the story of our lives. And um, so I wrote this song, Home, and... Um, it's a cool song for me. It's very poetic. It has a lot of, like, sounds cheesy. It has kind of, like, outer space analogies. Really? <laughs> um, yeah, I've been really trying to diversify the music that I write. So this one is definitely more poetic than other songs that are just kind of, like, straightforward. Like, these are my thoughts and feelings. This one's a little more, like, analytical, I guess. Yeah. Um, but oh. basically it just talks about how, like, the first verse is, like, how in all the world and all my life, like, God just put my husband in my life. And um, then the chorus is basically, you're my home, you're my home, you're my home, but with a nice melody and cool chords nice. and stuff. Um, and the second verse just talks about how, like, in the highs and lows of our life and when everything's crazy and all these times, like, you are my home. And so basically the theme of the song is, like, I don't have a physical home. And yeah. I don't know how long it's going to be oh. until we have one, you know, based on his career. But yeah. at the end of the day, I'm home when I'm with my husband. Oh. So kind of like a cliche, but. No, um, no, I don't it's, think it's so. It's really genuine and true. And I think that it's going to be a song that resonates with a lot of people. And also, I love it because I think it has really good wedding vibes. Ah, um, I can nice. definitely see people dancing to it as like their first dance. Whoa. Kind of thing, and it has. Um, in my mind, I hear it with, like, these really cool different string parts. And, you know, I try and play it on the piano a little bit so people can get the idea. But I'm really excited to record this one. 
Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Okay, no, that that doesn't sound cliche to me. I mean, that sounds really beautiful and poignant and, man, just right on the mark. Well, thanks. Yeah, I'm excited about it. <laughs> All right, tell us about another song. And then in a few minutes, I want to tell, I mean, because I know a lot of people may not have heard you talk to me on the Beacon Radio a few years ago. So um, I want you to, in a few minutes, just share some of your testimony and share some of your background because... There's just so much there in this journey that I think uh, people are going to really enjoy hearing it. But um, tell us about another song yeah. first. So um, Rocco had a really long contract negotiation this summer, and we were kind of waiting to find out if he'd get like his first one-way contract at just like an NHL salary or if it would be like a, a two-way deal. And it was kind of up in the air for a really long time. Um, so can I and- just uh, can I just real quick, just for people that don't know, to this point, he has had what is called a two-way contract so that if he's down in the minor leagues like San Antonio or, in this case, Milwaukee, he gets paid a lot less. That's his contract. And then when he's in the NHL, he gets paid like the NHL, whatever, minimum and that sort of deal. But when you have a one-way contract, even if they send you down to the minors, you're still making your NHL money. Is that a pretty good summary, basically? Yeah. Yeah, you're so okay. with it, Steve. Well, I've learned a lot of hockey in a couple of years. <laughs> you totally did. You were just immersed in it. I love it. Um, but yeah, so this summer after like kind of a long time of having to figure that out, um, we found out that he was able to get a one-way contract. And it was a really Boy, you are really family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are really giving the long story short on that, huh? Wow. Okay. Yeah, All right. I'll, just, I'll just keep it long story short. But <laughs> so then... It was, yeah, it was just like an amazing, we were like, wow, this is so cool. Like, God, it's so good. And um, yeah. so the morning after I woke up and I was like kind of just writing a little personal caption for my private Facebook friends and family. Yeah. And the first sentence I said was like, my eyes have seen the goodness of the Lord. And um, I'm not a person that likes to overuse like Christianese and like Christian culture <laughs> and like, what the Lord all my soul. Like, I don't know. I guess for me, like I interact with a lot of people that aren't from a Christian community. Right. And so I don't really like to speak in a way that like alienates my culture, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, but for me, all I could think was like, my eyes have seen the goodness of the Lord. And after such a long journey, this was such like a sweet um, moment to celebrate and something I never wanted to forget. And so I was writing this and then all of a sudden I got this like, my eyes have seen the goodness of the Lord. And I just heard this melody in my head. Yeah. Um, and so I went over to the piano, and what I've learned with songwriting is that it's all about obedience when the ideas come. Yeah. And songwriting isn't just like, I'm going to write it noon every day. It's like sometimes you're writing for five hours, and you you write a crummy song, and then you write an okay song, and then you write another crummy song, and then you write an amazing song. Right. Some days you don't write a good song. Um, but on this day, it was like, I just finished breakfast. I kind of wanted to hit the gym first, but I was like, I want to write this song. And I, I wanted to, so I did. Um, wow. And it's called Miracle Man. And it to me, it gives me vibes of, like, Old Testament, mm. when God would come through for the Israelites, and they would um, create a pillar yeah. to remind them of what God had done. That's what this song is for me. It's like a physical manifestation of that. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. And it's, yeah, just like the opening line, my eyes have seen the goodness of the Lord. Um, and the lyrics of the chorus are, you took a mountain and told it where to move. Ooh. You took a servant and said, I've chosen you. You took my dry bones and gave them life again. My eyes have seen the miracle man. Oh, come and on. It might, be, it might be one of the best choruses I've written. It's got a really slick melody, and it's just, um, yeah, I can't even describe to you. 
there's like some things in life that like I feel like when God comes through in such major ways, it's like too deep to describe. Yeah. And I'm sure you've been there, you know, like the way that you love your children or how you must have felt on your wedding day. It's like words can't even do it justice to describe. And for us, this was like a really like major mountain kind of moment. Um, And so to write a song like that and to be able to um, kind of like adequately express and also a way that like I can share this for the rest of my life now and I I will never forget it. Right. Um, It's really sweet. I really view songs like this as kind of like a gift to me from God, you know, very sweet. Right. Yeah, because forever, this song will take you back to that moment where you saw God come through in a big way, in a way that you've been waiting for a long time, and you'll always have that. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I don't think I've, have I shown you this one yet? I don't think I have. Let's hear. What? Um, I think I think I did, actually. But yeah, I'll send it to you again. I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Wait, is that Miracle Man you're talking about, or a different one? Miracle Man, yeah. Yeah, you I sent think it. I did. You, you sent it. I think I did send you that Yeah. One. Yeah, you sent it. No, it's great. You sent uh, samples of two of your songs. I'm g- going back looking for media, but it's all that's shown up is some great pictures and some goofy pictures of your husband as well. So, um, yeah, no, I love awesome. both songs. I need to go back and listen to them again because that was a little while ago. But, uh, man, no, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Yeah. All right. So um, is there another song you want to tell us about or something else God is doing, or do you want to dive into your testimony? What do you want to do? We can just dive into my story if you want. Yeah, let's hear your story. I want to hear it again. Let's hear it. <laughs> Where does it start for so, Abby? Yes. Grand Forks, North Dakota, All True Hospital, April 24th. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. So I was born in North Dakota, um, small city, raised in like a, a good church. I have an older sister, and me, my mom, and dad, and sister Lexi. Lexi, um, yeah, I was hoping I was you were like going to say really, her name. Huh? I was hoping you were going to say her name. Sometimes people just say, I had a sister, and then the sister hears it, and it's like, hello, I have a name. I'm Lexi. Her I'm- name is Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Um, <laughs> and so I was always like a good kid, I would say. Um, my parents are accountants, so we were raised to be really like conscientious people and, you know, like just to be good kids and to work hard and do all this and that. And um, I got glasses when I was two that was kind of a defining quality about me how was that a defining quality how was that a defining quality real quick what do you mean just that you had glasses i just i don't know i feel like i really had like a kid with glasses okay persona like i was very serious about like i always had to be the smartest at math i was competitive and maybe a little insecure okay um okay i also never really wanted to be pretty i was kind of like Slow to grow up. Definitely a late bloomer. Um, wait, 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 you know, wait. I think every every kid's fine himself. Wait, wait, hold on. Time out, though. Did you say, wait, you never wanted to be pretty? Did I hear that right? Yeah. What does I was, that mean? Um, I, I think I of little know, girls wanting to be pretty. I kid about that kind of stuff. You were very nonchalant. You are like, I don't want to be pretty. Yeah. Well, okay. So I had an older sister that was three years older than me, and... Um, she was, like, similar to me, but always just kind of, like, better yeah. because she was older. And so a big piece of my testimony is that for a very long time as a kid, it was always kind of like I felt like I was a Lexi 2.0 version. And, like, uh, she would get straight A's and so would I. But um, I was just kind of like, okay, this is old news. Um, uh, and also yeah. she sang. And at the time I didn't. I kind of refused to sing until I was, like, 16. Not really sure why. I was... um didn't really want to be, like, very sensitive or emotional. I didn't really want to, like, 
make people cry when I sang and stuff. And yeah. um, I was kind of closed off, I guess. I mean, I never really opened up to my parents a lot about, like, my emotions or things. But one thing that I do remember about growing up is that I did always feel a nearness of the Lord, though. And really? I remember even as a little kid, I would always just kind of sense God's closeness to me. Yeah. And I was like a continual prayer. And I do remember trying to evangelize as a kid, too. I mean, what? I kind of took it seriously, the stuff that they learned in Sunday school. Like, I would <sighs> That's awesome, I'd be playing Abby. with my neighbor in the snow, and I remember asking her, like, and I knew their family wasn't, like, Christians, and I was, even as a young kid, like, that really kind of broke my heart. And so yeah, wow. I remember being like, have you ever heard about Jesus? No. And in my poor little third grade attempt, I tried to explain the entire Bible to her. <laughs> like, like, Oh Jesus my gosh, I wish I was there. The yeah. And the earth and there's sin and Satan exists and <laughs> Jesus can save your soul. And I, you know, like bless it. Like I try. Right. Um, That's amazing. But so in the midst of like all the awkwardness of childness, like I, I did always have a relationship with Jesus and I was raised in a church that it wasn't just about like a religious thing, but it definitely was like a relationship. Yeah. Um, my biggest spiritual issue, I guess, was that. I had a really hard time understanding how, like, how to know for sure if I was really saved. And every night, I'd kind of think to myself, like, what if I were to get kidnapped and killed tonight? Would I go to heaven? Wow. And it's a little morbid, but... I don't <laughs> it's a little know, dark for a little girl, yeah. And so, like, I would ask Jesus in my heart, like, uh, hundreds of times as a kid. Yeah. And I just, I never knew for real. And I guess that leads me to the answer to that problem, when I was um, summer after eighth grade, which was kind of the peak time of insecurity for me, um, yeah, kind of was always getting blown off by like even like a girl from my church, and just like didn't really um, mm. feel like I fit in that well, and it's kind of a hard time, I guess. Yeah, um, I didn't really have a strong sense of personal identity, and I tried to just be like the smart kid and the piano kid, but. Underneath it all, I was really pretty unhappy with, like, myself. And right. I also did the comparison game of my sister, who was, like, beautiful, and boys liked her, and she was, you know, winning the, the town singing competitions and stuff. And I thought to myself, like, wow, I, I yeah. don't know, I just was always afraid of being, like, just Lexi's little sister. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. she's the one that's not as good. Um, but what I didn't realize at the time was that I was my own person, <laughs> my own identity. Yeah. Um, but I did figure that out. So summer after eighth grade... I was attending the Bible camp that I always did, and I was laying up in my bunk at 2 a.m., and I felt God tell me, you could work here next summer. Whoa. Was that the first time like and, God spoke to you? Or no? Uh, you just felt yeah, like God maybe. was speaking to you. Okay, okay. It was a crazy night. I remember just like <laughs> beaming. like I was just sitting up yeah. in my bunk at 2 in the morning, and it was just like this notion in my head occurred to me, like, you should work at camp next summer. Because that night I had really had like a really intense, um, worship, I was really feeling God's presence, and it was like this emotional high experience. And yeah. that night, it was like, you could work here. Wow. You should. And I felt like God was really telling me to do it. It's not like I really had much else going on for me in life. I was like an eighth grader. Right. Um, but I think what differentiates my story from other stories is that I said yes to Whoa, it. Whoa, okay. And I didn't even know what that was going to look like. And at the time, I probably just thought it would be cool to be like my counselors who I thought were really cool. Yeah. You know, but God can even take our like selfish motives and he can turn them into something really holy. And so I did end up working at camp the next summer. 
And what's funny is that it wasn't even for a whole summer. It was like I just kind of last minute decided I was going to volunteer yeah. a couple additional weeks and then also be a camper for one week. So I was only there for four weeks. Yeah. But I kid you not, it changed the trajectory of my entire life. Wow. It's, it's crazy. I was just like surrounded by a Christian culture. And um, it was kind of the first time in my life that I wasn't Lefty's little sister. Yeah. And that was a really big deal for me because my whole life we had been in all the same activities. And so it was like, go to my piano teacher and my big sister goes before me. And then I go to fifth grade and I have the teacher that my sister had. And, you know, we had all the same people in our lives and teachers and stuff. And so this was the first time that I was Abby. And it wasn't right. like, are you Lexi's little sister? Mm-hmm. Which there's nothing wrong with that. Like she was an amazing sister and she set a really good example for me. Right. But I think I just really needed to like go out on my own and, um, understand that I had value as an individual. Yeah. And I guess that's what it was for me. Cause I'd been like voted off of a lunch table in seventh grade and all my Whoa. friends kind of blew me off. Dang. I don't want to play the pity card. Cause I feel like everyone you... kind of goes through that, but voted I off mean, the lunch table. Like, I remember crying. No, that's real. Nights, like, I'm such a loser. No one likes me. Um, and so to go away to camp and like, it was really funny because I was literally just cleaning bathrooms all day. Yeah. I mean, like, the most neat, and it was for free. Like, I wasn't even getting paid, but I was cleaning bathrooms. But it was, like, the most intense joy I'd ever experienced. Like, it was like I was a kid at Disneyland. Oh, my gosh. I had, like, a a friend group for the first time of people that, like, wanted to be my friend. And I didn't feel, like, unwanted and blown off. Because, to be honest, I kind of continued to feel that way at school. Even in, like, high school and stuff. But at camp, it was this environment where, like, People loved me for who I was, but I will say that there was really one catalyst beyond that because anyone can go away and experience like friendship through a different group. But honestly, the big thing was that I started reading my Bible. I think that in a culture where everyone is so into like, I feel that God is this. I feel that God is that there's an answer for everything that's in the Bible. Yeah, wow. Um, I mean, not like we can understand everything on this earth, on this side of heaven, but like, the answers are there. And wow. like, if you want to know God, you read your Bible. And yeah. so it's funny because like my competitive side, I feel was the reason why I even started reading my Bible. It was kind of like everyone at camp is reading their Bible. I can't yeah. be someone that's not, yeah. you know, yeah. and um, awkward to admit, right? But like, no, I think that's, that's kind of what prompted me to start reading my Bible was like, I think that's what I should do. Um, because I've always wanted to like please people, right? Like that's such a, a tendency I feel like in young people. Sure. And, um, so I started reading my Bible, and it just, like, it started to, um, just started to, like, change me. And it was the first time in my life that not only did I feel like my own person, but it was the first time in my life that all the Bible stories that I had been spoon-fed yeah. via, like, messages and Sunday school lessons. Because sure. I went to all sorts of stuff, right? I was right. even, like, a Sunday school teacher. Yeah. Um, but it was the very first time in my life that I experienced those stories for real. Yeah. And they just take on such an intensity when you're like reading them for real. Right. Um, And so, yeah, the Bible reading was the catalyst. And then I went back to 10th grade and I was completely changed. And it was funny because even like the band teachers were like, you really matured a lot over the summer. And in my mind, I'm like, you notice? Wow. No idea. So that was like a very sweet time for me. And um, what do you think they were the seeing summer, in you? Real quick, what do you huh? think they were seeing in you? I mean, a maturity, but what was different about you? What was you know? That's pretty awesome. 
Yeah, I know. And that was really, that was for me when I like never doubted again that I had uh. you know, been saved by God. Because I'd, I'd seen the physical transformation. I was like a completely different person. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I guess I'm, I'd be curious to see what they were thinking. But <laughs> yeah, it was just like a crazy time. And so yeah. then I went back and I was just like that passionate Bible believer. And wow. I mean, I hope I wasn't, I hope I didn't ever push people away because I was pretty like passionate when I came back to school. And right. I mean, it was definitely an interesting experience going back to public school. Like I'd bring my Bible to school. And it wasn't like I, I was trying to it. show it off, but like I was bringing it to school. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'd be on like an orchestra trip, and kids would start like debating me about different like <laughs> things that, and they were wrong. Like there were things that were like so incorrect with the Bible. Um, wow. But it wasn't ever like a spiteful argument, but it definitely was like I feel like God really allowed me to be sharpened in yeah. my faith and to be held accountable for the truth of God's word pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. And I'm in a completely different situation now. I'm 25. Right. I'm not really interested in engaging with people in, like, you know what I mean? Like, right now, it's, like, inter- internet arguments. Like, I'm not going to argue with someone I don't know. Right. Um, right. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's been, like, a crazy experience. Since then. It's been about 10 years. And, um, so yeah, high school, I just continued to grow in my faith. And the second most important thing that happened at camp was the next summer, yeah. I joined the worship team. Yeah. And, I mean, if I'm being honest, I always loved to sing. Right. And I knew that I had a really good voice. Like, I knew that I had a pretty special voice. Yeah. But, I um, like to hear that. There was a piece of me that wasn't, like, ready for the vulnerability of it. Yeah. Like, when you sing, it's so different than just playing a showy song on the piano. It's like, you're looking people in the eyes. And in my family, they would cry while you sang because they were so touched. And I was like, right. I just can't. Um, <laughs> but, so I led worship. And then I went home that second summer i ended up working at that camp for three summers wow okay. so that second summer i came home and my parents were like we heard that you led worship at, at camp will you sing for us <laughs> and so i did yeah and my grandma and grandpa were over and i played revelation song by carrie joe oh yeah. and it was this like big thing and they grabbed the video camera and everyone was crying and i was like all right well the cat's out of the bag here we go <laughs> so that's when i like started singing and Wow. Yeah, it was cool. That next year, I started okay. leading worship at our um, youth group, and I was, like, the head of the worship team, because we didn't have, like, a youth pastor that year. It was, like, an interim thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like I was maybe too young to have that much responsibility, but, like, I was in charge <laughs> of setting up all the PowerPoints, picking all the songs. Dang. Um, helping my friends with the team. It was, like, a re- lot of responsibility for a total rookie. Right. But I was extremely passionate about it, and I would, like, come with my Bible, and I'd, like insert scriptures and I'd be like praying over my peers wow. and um, no one really sang because um, it was like youth group and it was, you know, like North right. Dakota, people are pretty low key at church. Depends on the church, of course, but right. that was an experience. But yeah. And then ever since then, I've just um, felt a really intense call yeah. to um, shine the light of Christ, which I've now developed into a ministry called Born to Shine. And then also, yeah, to like do music, and then a year later, I started writing songs, and yeah. I wrote one that I thought was pretty good, and I showed it to my dad, and he was like, "What in the world? You're a <laughs> songwriter, Abby. You're brilliant." <laughs> um, and so I just kind of took hold of that, and um, I think a lot of people have dreams like that, and maybe even callings from God. But I think the difference is, like I said earlier, like the thing, yes, thing. Yeah. I guess I just I didn't. I knew that I had a long way to go. Like, I knew that vocally I really had to play catch-up since I was just starting out and stuff. But 
I guess I just I felt so passionately about it, and I just believed so intensely in like the God who writes these kinds of stories. Yeah, that I guess good. I just received it and was like, you know what? I do want to do that with my life, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to settle for like a normal type of life. Right. So Is, yeah, no looking back. Now I'm 25. No looking back, baby. No looking back. Well, what um, what do you feel like God? I mean, as you look at your call and born to shine and sharing that, where do you feel like God might be taking you next or taking you now? What does that kind of look like? How do you describe that? So last year, I guess January of this year, I started a YouTube channel. Yeah. In the past, I've done blogs. Right. And I really love, love writing. Yeah. Like a side dream for me would definitely be to write a book called Born to Shine and then yeah. potentially even like a children's series. Nice. For young girls. Nice. Born to Shine actually like started it. as my Miss America pageant platform. Yeah. I was second runner up at Miss North Dakota and had good success in pageants. I really yeah. grew a lot from those experiences, but... The best thing that came from my pageants was that I developed this platform called Born to Shine. And um, it's basically just like sharing my story with the world of how I used to be just like an insecure girl with a lack of direction, it was competitive and all this stuff. And I found Jesus and I found this fulfillment and satisfaction in living for God and and serving others and, you know, shining, shining the light of Christ and living truth. Because I feel like so many people are so... Unhappy and dissatisfied, and they're like, I'm just so like <laughs> average, just a typical life. But, like, and I'm not saying that everyone needs to be like a pop star, but the truth of the matter is that, like, when Jesus calls you mm. into his family and he changes your life and stuff, like, there's nothing normal or lackluster about that. Like, that's completely extraordinary. Yeah. And, um, I think that sometimes people forget that because maybe they've been raised in the church all their life and they don't realize how dynamic that is, but that's good. I guess Abby. for someone like me, I've always been, you know, a dreamer and such an imaginative person that like when, when Jesus really came into my life and when I really felt called and stuff, I don't know, I'm just pure passion. I was like, let's do this. So <laughs> that's the heart behind born to shine. And right now I'm doing videos. I kind of put that on the back burner this summer, if I'm being honest, just because songwriting really took my first priority and I felt like it was really important for me to put all of my time and energy into that. Right. But in the future, I do want to continue doing videos. I feel that in 2019 reading is cool, but I think that people are more likely to watch a video. Yeah. And also like, I like to talk to people and I like to, you know, do my hair and makeup and stuff. And so like, I'm comfortable being in front of a video. Not everyone is. I right. say, and that's okay. Like we're all different. But for me, I guess I like how I translate across, in a video, and I feel like it's the most effective way for me to share, right. you know, whatever message I'm trying to share. Wow, that's really cool. And your videos are great. I mean, I haven't done any makeup tutorials, don't get me wrong. I didn't know that Aww. was that you were doing that. I know, I need to. I need to, especially if we're going to be on Facebook Live. Just kidding. But um, but the videos you do with your with your uh, you know your talks and everything, your encouragement, your challenges are really great. I know you, um, I love just all the cuts and everything you choose and the humor that you incorporate. Um, so if people want to subscribe, what's the best way to get them there? My YouTube channel yeah. is just my name, Abby Grimaldi. That's pretty easy. And, um, yeah, you can find me, my Facebook is Abby Grimaldi too, just pick the public one. And then my Instagram and Twitter are Abby Grimaldi 23. Okay. But if you search my name, I'm sure it'll pop up. It's just, my name across the board, basically. Right, right. Okay, well, Abby, um, is there any just encouragement? As you're talking about God's calling and maybe somebody is listening to this podcast 
or Facebook Live, and they they're like, well, that's Abby. You know, she's beautiful. She can sing. She can do this. She can do that. Like, what would you encourage to say to someone who's just like, well, I don't have those talents. What am I supposed to do? What would you say? Put you on the spot. I think there's something to be said about um, just having like an open heart and yeah. a willingness, and seeing where that takes you. Like, there are so many people out there doing so many different things in different ways that they serve. Um, and I mean, that's the whole point, right? Like the body of Christ is like someone just put someone's an ear, right? Um, which is basically meaning that like, so my brother-in-law is in residency right now to be an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. Very like intense, highly select program. Right. And guess what? He's not a pastor. Right. He's not, right? Right. But guess what? He's doing God's work in his life. And then like, Steve, you've done, like, a variety of different things in your life. Like, you've been a pastor, a youth pastor. Um, you've been kind of an entrepreneur in sense. Like, you've been on the right. radio, different things. I think that um, what's important is, like, taking the time. I think that you should take some time to discover what are your gifts and interests. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm also a teacher, and so I see so many people whose, like, ministry is teaching. Right. But I think that the thing that I'm most passionate about in life as a believer and someone who wants to serve Christ to my best ability, is that I think it's all about two things. It's all yeah. about um, having a willingness and an openness yeah. to serve Him, whatever that would look like, and really, like, opening your heart up. And so, like, honestly, mm. I lay down the music thing every single day, and it's like, God, I want this so bad, but, like, if you don't want it for me, like, yeah. I, I accept that, you know? Yeah. And I say that about all of my dreams, yeah. um, like, speaking or doing this or that, because... You have to, right? Like, God wants us not to just be like, this will happen. Like, it will happen if God wants it to happen. But the second part of that, I think that a lot of Christians out there get disenchanted because, like, opportunities aren't just knocking on their door. Yeah. And, like, maybe they didn't get into nursing school or this or that. But it's like, maybe if you would have, like, tried harder or put forth more effort, you would have gotten there. And so, like, maybe you just need to put in more effort and try Mm. again. Like, I would, um, mm. for anyone out there, maybe do some reflection in your own life and ask, like, okay, what are my gifts? Do yeah. I have a willingness to, you know, like, obey God, whatever he wants me to be? But then also, like, are you putting in the work? Yeah. And that's something I'm really serious about. Like, ever since I started singing, I sing for, like, two hours every day. Wow. Like, completely obsessed for years. Yeah. And maybe that looks different for you. Like, maybe you don't want to be a singer. Maybe you want to be a nurse or you want to be, like, a teacher. I don't know. Those are the only two careers I can think of right now. Right, um, right. But, like, if you really believe that that's your calling, I don't think you need to be so, like, if it's your will, God, like, just, just go for it. Be, like, yeah. 150% in. Yeah. Like, my husband had doubts when he was in the minors, up right. and down for years, and it was, like, he knew in his heart that he was good enough, but sometimes you're, like, you wonder. Oh, and yeah. And so, like, what did he do? He would keep working. Like, yeah. I wish you guys could see how hard he worked every summer and that's what made it hard right like when right. you get sent down at camp and like but you put in so much work again right but at the end of the day that was the work that like was able to qualify him for even being ready for god to put him like with the predators like if he had given up and just started going halfies with his effort and been like you know what it's whatever the chance is never going to come then i don't think that he would be um standing in the position that he's in today and right for me personally, like, I'm not really doing anything super big or significant with my ministry and music, but at the end of the day, um, I'm going to do everything I can 
on my part so that regardless of what God makes happen, yeah, I know that I will have peace with my situation and it's not going to like be right. on me. Like I'm not going to have to worry about the what ifs when I'm 80 years old of like, right. what I if like I that. had given the singing thing more work or more effort? Right. You know, like God, um, I think that I just heard a great message from the Belonging Co. last week about how God like anointed David. Yeah. And then it took a long time before he appointed him. Right. To um, where oh, he yeah. was going to be. And um, I don't know what God will appoint me to someday, but I believe that he'll be appointing me to things in the future. And I believe for each of you that God wants to appoint you to different things. And he wants to place special anointings in your life. Um, You know, just like the Holy Spirit's power within you to do certain things, most importantly, to reach a certain group of people. Maybe it's your sixth grade student. Yeah. Maybe it's your residence and you're working in a nursing home. Maybe it's the listeners on Steve Teal's radio show. Um, <laughs> and I think that it's so important to couple, like, just being a faithful servant of the Lord, like, staying in the Word, trusting Him, staying close to God, and then also, um, like, putting in the work, because mm, mm. I think sometimes people think that, like, yeah. it's just going to be easy, if it's going to be a God thing. But, like, I was raised by a really hardworking parent, really hardworking accountants, and, like, you know, my dad's a partner because he put in a lot of work yeah. for a lot of years, and it didn't just happen because, you know, God was like, I'm going to do this. Right. You know, like, I think that... Um, That's good. Yeah, there's different, different factors that get involved with things like that. No, that's. I think that's a really good word, Abby, just because when you think about some of the things I work with a lot of coaches, and as they talk about um, some of the younger kids, sometimes that they're working with, you hear the word entitlement a lot. And I think as Christians, we can yeah. latch on to that as well. And for you to say, hey, put in the work. I mean, you know, when, when David showed up to destroy Goliath, he didn't just show up as a, a rookie. I mean, he had killed the lion and he had killed the bear. I mean, he had the scars to show for it, you know. And so yeah. we put in the work. I think that's a great word for today. And uh, Abby Grimaldi, you are born to shine, and you are shining, and you're just doing awesome things, and what you are doing is significant, and your songwriting gifts that God has given you and your your ability to communicate, whether through video, through writing, uh, through song, is incredible. And uh, we just want you to know we love you, and we're really excited just to, you know, be a small part of this journey and what God has called you and equipped you to do. So thank you for making my day by being on Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Any uh, last words you want to say to our listeners or our viewers today or our podcast, our listeners? Keep hanging with Very Bold, you guys. Um, (laughs) There's no one better than Steve Keel. And there's probably no one on the planet that has um, spiritually, he's probably blushing, but there's no one on the planet who has spiritually blessed my husband and I more directly than Steve Keel. And um, we're just so honored to um, be a part of his, like, family. And um, I appreciate you guys for listening to this. I hope that this encourages you guys to um, just keep pressing Mm. on and keep persevering and keep trusting God. But I also just want to say, like, just keep listening to Steve's (laughs) podcast and and show him that he's an amazing person. So uh, (laughs) I really hope that you continue to see Very Bold grow, and I can't believe that you— gathered up 15,000 jars of peanut butter. That's like a simple item, right? Peanut butter. But I'm just so um, inspired by your influence, and I hope that your listeners enjoyed this. Oh, my gosh, Abby Grimaldi. Love you. You are awesome. (laughs) You are awesome. My Nashville slash North Dakota daughter. I don't know what what kind of nicknames. I need help in the nickname department since you came up with Texas Dad and 
personal pastor, whatever you said, but um, you personal are. Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> you are awesome, and uh, we love you. Thank you so much. You've inspired and encouraged me, and I know you've inspired and encouraged our listeners and our viewers as well. So I want to say before Abby goes, uh, Facebook Live, just thank you for tuning in. And uh, be sure to share this with somebody that Abby's story is going to encourage them. And even if it's not, just just share it because, or you don't think it will, it will. Um, what God is doing through her and through Rocco is awesome. So, um, like I said, I just love to be a part of it. And uh, next Thursday we'll have more uh, difference makers. So tune in every Thursday uh, with me and at uh, about eleven o'clock, eleven ten, depending on how it goes. But you don't want to miss it. And subscribe to the podcast, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, be very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal. Bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates. And email Steve at VeryBold.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.